So looking back across my career and thinking about the power of emotion in the workplace is an interesting little journey because back in the early 90s when I started out in corporate America, emotions were not something that were really talked about all that much, but they were surely experienced. So I was in a high stress, highly intense media environment, and television can be really emotional because everything needs to happen live. And so some of my first jobs in television, there was a lot of emotion, a lot of stress, a lot of yelling, a lot of anger, a lot of high highs and low lows um, when it came to the workplace. And I was an observer in the beginning because I was the low person on the totem pole. And so I did a lot of observing and watching of emotion. Fast forward to today, the pendulum has, has swung a bit in the opposite direction. Welcome to the Overly Human Podcast, where we discuss all things human in the workplace, because it's not just business, it's personal too. So Rob, I wonder, what was your experience like starting out and what do you see today? Yeah, my experience starting out was the exact opposite. Uh, I worked, started my professional career working in uh, engineering organizations, and there was almost an uh, unemotional component to it. Everything was very logical. Emotion had to be checked. When it did come up, it was uh, criticized and critiqued and cast off um, and contained. Not that it wasn't there, but when it showed up and when you could recognize it, it was almost offensive. And what I've seen in my career is it swing back from this very cold, very dry, unemotional start to having more emotion in the works, workplace and have it be something that's productive. Um, so almost the exact opposite of what you're experiencing. Yeah. And what's interesting now is I coach a lot of CEOs and owners and a lot, depending on your experience, it's hard to know. Right. So some people, you know, have had have worked in corporate America, have had kind of maybe negative experiences with emotion or, you know, have seen movies of, you know, Steve Jobs or some of these really famous CEOs who are highly emotional and really passionate and, you know, want their idea to succeed at any cost. And it doesn't matter if that's human cost. You know, they will tell people what they think and the crassest of ways, right? And then I have some clients who, you know, have had no corporate business experience or they're accidental kind of entrepreneurs started a job or an idea right out of college. And next thing you know, they're running their company. And so then this whole idea of how they're supposed to quote unquote act as a leader is elusive. Yeah. Am I supposed to be transparent with my emotion? Am I not? Am I supposed to be stoic and strong? 
Am I supposed to be passionate and emotional? Am I supposed to be vulnerable? Because vulnerability is such a huge word. What does that mean? Does that mean I have to be transparent about every single emotional emotion I have? How much should I be exposing? Doesn't that make me more authentic if I tell people every single thing I'm thinking or feeling? And so it's interesting because you and I were talking about sort of the genesis of this, like, you know, and it really comes from, you know, the experiences of generations and, you know, what has led to today and the hot topics and the hot buttons of today. And you know that I'm very passionate about emotional intelligence and trained in emotional intelligence. And so I, I'd like to take the people I coach through that model and really help them to understand that I'm not looking for super high emotion or super low emotion. What we're mm-hmm. looking for is balance. But that is so difficult, finding the right balance for your emotions in the workplace. Yeah, it's almost an art form mm-hmm. because it depends on the topic. It depends on the room. It depends on the situation. It depends on the moment, you know, that finding what balance is for that moment. Because you're right, you know, like you're talking about vulnerability is such an important word. And vulnerability is so important because you can't have trust without vulnerability. And we've all, we've talked about at length over the years that trust is the foundation for everything we want to do. So we have to have some of that. And I think that's a great place to maybe start and really quickly clarify is we both believe regardless of where we came from, came from exactly is that emotions are important. They're part of the human experience. and they're an important part of who we are and what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And there's clues in there, right? About how we're feeling and what's going on in the inside. And all of those things are important to recognize that we're that way. And all of the humans around us are that way. <laughs> yeah. So we have to deal with them. We have to deal with them. And the thing is, is that you, you can't manage your emotions or the emotions of others if you aren't self-aware. And this is the biggest part of leadership. You know, we always talk about leadership as a skill that you have to hone. And if you think you can just wake up one day and be a great leader, then you're probably not a very good leader. And having self-awareness is is something that you kind of have to, you know, dig into every single day as a leader. You have to have a vocabulary of emotion. You need to understand what you're feeling and is that coming through and should it come through? There are some emotions that our, you know, staff doesn't really want to see, you know, spewed all over them. And, you know, just like any, if we think of any leader that we look up to or anybody we want sort of taking us into battle, it's it's not this highly crazy emotional person that's like running around like a chicken with their head cut off, right? We want somebody who's who's in control and balanced and strong, but they're not stoic and robotic and we don't really can't we can't figure out what they're feeling or thinking and and then we're in this state of confusion and fear because we don't really understand what's going on. So we don't want 
either end of the spectrum, right? We want, this is why we talk about balance is key. And when we look at these great leaders that we admire and we see this sort of calm yet, you know, authentic sort of way they lean into not just a crisis, but into every day, you know, into how they're addressing problems, into how they're weighing things up, right? And sometimes as new leaders or fearful leaders or leaders who haven't had good mentors or good examples, we can we can make bad choices with our emotions, right? We can we can be overly emotional and think that we need to to show that we're very, you know, gregarious and we've got the whole thing figured out and we have no fear or we can be way too vulnerable, too transparent. We can, you know, be just spew our emotions. I call it emotional vomit, right? When you you really um, are letting the stress get to you and you just like tell your staff everything and they're sitting there looking at you like, you know, we're not sure that this is the person we want to follow into battle. So you know, that can feel very scary for a lot of leaders because they're like, okay, now you've told me not to be all this one way and you told me not to be all this in the other way. What's the middle ground look like? And and that's why this is a hard nut to crack. And like you just said, it's an art form. It's a bit of an art. Hi, Overly Human friends, it's Tracy. And if you haven't heard, I wrote a book. It's called, What If There's More? Finding Significance Beyond Success. And it's out right now. If you're thinking about a career pivot, wanting to follow your dream, or just want to fall back in love with what you do, then I think this book is for you. And if you like what you read, please feel free to head on over and leave me a review. You can learn more at tracyshubertbarrett.com. And you can find What If There's More wherever you buy books. Thanks. Yeah, it is an art form and it's so much of that goes back to that word self-awareness. But the other part of it is intention is Mm -hmm. what are we trying to communicate and where are we trying to go? Right. Mm -hmm. Like there is understanding and having that self-awareness of what's going on the inside and how it's influencing what I'm doing on the outside is really important. Um, One of the things that was a big moment for me many years ago is somebody said like, you know, how important are your emotions and what you do? And I said, well, no, I'm a logical person. I make decisions based on the facts in front of me and try to move on. And they were like, that's cool. You believe that, but you're wrong. And I was like, well, no, 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 no. And they're like, no, 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 you're a human, right? And I said, yes, I'm a human, not a robot. And they were, <laughs> but like, he's like, you have emotions. And if you don't recognize how they're influencing you and their power within you, then you are actually going to be subject to them, influencing what you in ways that you don't understand. And if you can start to name them and start to recognize how they're impacting you, then you can decide and work with them. And I was like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Like recognizing that they're part of this human package, this you know, meat suit that we all wear and they're having this thing going on that. And if I'm like that, then everybody else is like that. Then we can start to piece together how collectively they're influencing things that are going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we look at the tool of emotional intelligence, 
I, you know, there's, there's five different subscales that we look at, or I should say five different scales. And then there's, you know, three subscales within each of those. So there's 15 different um, readings that are numbers that you, you get when you're getting an EQI report. And what we're talking about here mainly is self-expression. So self-expression is one bucket. And within that, there's three levels or three areas we look at. One is emotional expression. The second is, is assertiveness. And the third is independence. And I love naming those three together because I think that's a really helpful framework when people are thinking about, okay, how do I show up well at work emotionally as a mm -hmm. leader? And so you think about, do I have balance with my emotional expression? Am I able to not be too high, which is, again, what we were talking about, that kind of emotional vomiting all over everybody, or too low where I'm super stoic and nobody has any clue what I'm thinking or feeling? And then assertiveness. Am I able to assert myself properly, right? So I'm not, I'm not regressing or hiding, right? Or, you know, turtling. We used to, you know, when we see leaders who are conflict averse, we'll say, oh, they're turtling. They're back in their shell, right? But I'm not highly aggressive either, where I'm screaming, slamming doors, can't handle something, storm out of the room, you know, highly emotional. I'm assertive. I'm able to say what I'm thinking and feeling. And this is when I'm coaching clients, like, use your words. Your words are your best gift, right? And, you know, I, would, I talk about the feeling wheel, which is literally just, it's a, it's a tool a lot of um, therapists use, but I use it with my clients as well. It's a beautiful, you guys can download it um, anywhere on the internet. It's just a, an entire circle filled with words that are emotion words. And some of us need that because we only have a few emotion words that we're able to remember. I'm angry. I'm sad. I'm happy. That's, you know, some people, they, they don't have a lot of um, colors in the crayon box, right? So, so they're just like, that, those are the only words they have. When you look at a feeling wheel, it really helps you because you're like, oh, I can pull all these different words. And that really helps me to articulate to people what I'm actually feeling so that they understand, as opposed to having to show it all through your emotion, right? And then the last piece is independence, which I think is really interesting is like, as a leader, can I independently, objectively make a decision, right? And this is what we're going back to when I'm talking about the leader we want to follow into battle, right? So when we can look at our self-expression sort of in this kind of, you know, holistic, you know, kind of more complex way, it really helps us to be more self-aware because we can look at a day or a week or a month and say, okay, how did I do? You know, did I express myself well? Was I too emotionally expressive? Did I, was I too transparent and, and people couldn't take all of that from me? Or was I well balanced? Or did I hold back on my emotions too much? You know, was I assertive? Did I, did I speak clearly about what I was thinking and feeling? And, you know, for, I, I was just coaching, um, one of my clients a couple of weeks ago, and I was telling him how, you know, even when you don't know what you feel or you don't know if you have an opinion, to say that, to say, you know what, I'm just processing. I'm not really sure 
you know, what I think or feel right now, but I'm hearing you all. I just want you to know I'm with you. I hear you. I, it's just going to take me a little bit longer to process and then I'll get back to you as opposed to not saying anything mm. because then your staff thinks, oh, well, you know, they don't care, you know, yeah. and um, and I think, you know, that can be really, really hard for a staff when they when they have to try to guess what you're thinking. But that's, that's right. just one helpful framework when when we're trying to find balance. Yeah, it's I mean, I've. I've said this for years. It's always okay. It's almost always okay to take a beat, right? Mm -hmm. It's the sign of intelligence that, oh, that's a lot of information or that's a really good question. Um, can I think about that and get back with you? Now, of course, there is a couple rare cases where you need to be decisive in the moment and all that fun stuff, but it's almost always okay to take a beat. But saying it out loud, Shows that you're engaged. Shows that you're being thoughtful and not checked out. Right. Yep. And I think I think that sometimes, you know, we have as leaders, we we have fear or insecurities, I should say. And we've talked about this in other episodes where our insecurities can get the best of us and our imposter syndrome can get the best of us. And that's when when the insecurities rise up and we don't know it is usually when our emotions are triggered and mm -hmm. we can, you know, kind of either lash out at people or we can hold back because we feel scared about something that's happening. And, you know, that that's really when our emotional intelligence is tested. And so, you know, that's why you, you know, being able to take a beat or being able to say, I don't know, or being able to say, I need a minute is, is a really powerful step in pushing through imposter syndrome or pushing through insecurity when we don't feel like we have to be on the top of our game all the time to be respected yeah. as a leader, because that's what we all really want, you know, in leadership. We want to be almost believed that we're in the right seat and That's that right. we deserve to be where we're sitting. And, yeah. you know, we're our own worst critics and we're always going to be wrestling with ourselves if we deserve to be in this seat. But our staff, for the most part, you know, 99.9% .9 of the time want us to succeed, want us to be good leaders, want to, you know, see us shine. So they're not, they're not rooting against us, right? And so when we remember that, then we're able to rest. We're able to relax in who into who we are, and that makes us stronger emotionally, and we can show up well and be able to, to take those moments to wrestle through collectively with our staff. But at the same time, that goes back to the independence, still be able to make the decision. Right. Ultimately, they're like they they love that we're listening to them and we love they love that we're getting the feedback, but we need to have the confidence to make the call. Yeah. And that showing up well is so much of the job mm. and showing up intentionally mm -hmm. and setting yourself up to, you know, like even when we confidently make a decision, be OK with, hey, you know, there's possibility that we may learn more information. 
and yep. I'm going to set this up to be to be okay being wrong, right? Yep. And I think the the other caveat I'll throw in here too, or the other um, thing about emotion being <laughs> being such a powerful powerful thing to understand in yourself is also understanding other people's emotions. Mm-hmm. Well, it's that time again where we thank our sponsor, the Bureau of Digital, a community of digital makers that all get together and share and support each other. And today we have a special treat. Carl, the head of the Bureau, is here with us. Hey, Carl. Hey, everybody. Thank you for having me be on the show. You know, we don't sponsor any other podcasts. And when I listened to what y'all were doing, I was like, we need to support them. We need to find a way that we can help. So I was like, ah, we'll be a sponsor. Yeah, we really do appreciate it. And if you have any questions, check out BureauofDigital.com. The 2023 event schedule is up and live. And a big change for this year is if you join and become a member, all of the online events are included. And there's some really good ones. You don't want to miss out. So don't wait. Visit BureauofDigital.com. So, you know, I just call that being able to read the room. And, you know, some people are better at reading the room than others, but I do think you can learn to read the room as well. You can grow in that skill. And that's the other half of emotional intelligence is being able to, to look around the room and notice that emotions are off. That's yeah. uh, Even if it's just one person, like, okay, you know, Bob, I, I see a look on your face and I just tell me if I'm right or wrong. Are you feeling like you're not loving the situation right now? Or do you have an opinion you want to share with us? You know, good leaders are able to sense if something's off or if they're missing something or everybody else knows something they don't. And they're not scared to take a moment and ask. Yeah. Is there, is everybody okay? Am I missing something? I feel like there's a tension in the room. I want to hear what it is. I don't want to leave this meeting until I hear what it is. Those are great leaders, people who can really handle, I should say, handle what might the feedback might be, and they're not scared of it. Some leaders will run out of the room because they don't want the decision to change. They just want to move forward, and they don't want to hear people's feedback. And they're like, I know people are unhappy, but I don't want to hear it. And I'm just going to leave. That's a bad decision. You have to be able to not only recognize your emotions and handle your emotions, but you need to create the skill that you can manage and handle other people's emotion as well. Yeah. And for a lot of times, if we're making decisions in rooms full of people, you get that experience in your one-on-ones, right? Mm. Like that's where you learn somebody's emotions and you can ask for more explanation like hey how do you feel about this mm-hmm. and like if we practice that and practice that and practice that in these one-on-one situations we'll learn other people what they're feeling where they're going what it looks like on their face so that when we're in the meeting when we're in the room trying to make hard decisions we've got practice with easier things yep. and a smaller sample size right yep like yep and when you open up that environment too in a group as well. And, and they see that, you know, you know, the employee, you know, Bob, because you're having great one-on-ones and you're able to recognize if he's uncomfortable or maybe, you know, there's something he, he hasn't said or put out on the table and you, you create this safe environment for people to speak. It's very powerful. And one of the things it does is it shut down, it shuts down gossip after the fact. 
our talk after the meeting because you create an environment where it's okay to let everything out in the meeting and you expect people to and you create an environment where they can. And so then, you know, when it's when you're not in the room and people are talking, people are like, well, you know, there's always a there's always an open door here. Like, you know, it's a safe environment. And I think that's really, really important to keep culture strong. Yeah. All comes back down to trust, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It sure mm-hmm. does. It sure does. All right. What's your takeaway this week, Tracy? Well, like we said in the beginning, you know, it's really, really important to be self-aware as a leader. And it can be scary, right? Because we're trying to find our blind spots and we're trying to work and become better each and every day. But I just want people to, to really understand that only good comes out of self-awareness ultimately. And to really do the work on emotional intelligence, you know, get a book, read about it, um, really, really push yourself to expand your emotional vocabulary and learn what other people are feeling. Ask, you know, like I always say, lead with curiosity. Yeah. Being able to name those emotions is huge, right? I think it was uh, Brene Brown's latest book where she identified what 87 different emotions mm-hmm. yeah, and most like people that. could name like 10 like, yes. <laughs> and knowing the difference between some of those, there's a lot of nuance in that language yep. and how we use and how we express ourselves. Right. Yes. Yeah. I think my big takeaway this week is that balance between being able to be vulnerable and transparent and not crossing that line into disclosure. Hmm. And how to balance those ideas so that we can share as leaders how we arrive somewhere and recognize and demonstrate and model what emotion looks like in decision making, but not have it look like that it's a pure emotional decision that's run run amok <laughs> and yeah. finding that that constant balance point. And it's so much of it is what is the moment? What is the context and how do we do that well? It's good stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Tracy. Thank you. The Overly Human Podcast is brought to you by Navigate the Journey and Sparkbox. For more information on this podcast or to get in touch with Tracy or Rob, go to overlyhuman.com. If you like what you've heard, subscribe and tell your friends to listen. Thanks.